Warm weather means lots of time with our kids in and around the water. But what do we need to know about keeping our kids safe when we're engaging in water activities? That's exactly what I'm going to share today. Stay tuned. Parenting, it's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three. And you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics. And I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hey friends, welcome back to Raised Resilient. I'm your host, Dr. Hillary, and I am so grateful that you are choosing to spend your time listening to this podcast. So in today's episode, I am sharing five tips to keep your child safe in the water this summer. Water safety for kids is so important, and I know it's not always the most fun thing to think about, but it's really important that we are educated on how to keep our kids safe in and around water, especially during the summer when we're probably going to be spending a lot of time in and around water. And I also want to go ahead and give a trigger warning here that I am going to be sharing our own story of why this is so important to us. The story involves my son's near drowning incident, and I wanted to just go ahead and let you know that if that feels triggering, please feel free to stop now and come back and listen another time or not at all if that's what feels right for you. If you've got little ears listening and you're not in a place where you want to have this conversation yet, go ahead and put in earbuds. Okay, so now that you hopefully are in a good place to be listening to this episode and have in your earbuds if that's what you're choosing to do. Let's go ahead and get started. Okay, so I'm gonna start with our story because it is truly the reason I am so passionate about keeping kids safe in the water. And because I think not that I need to sell you on the idea that keeping our kids safe in the water is something you should care about, but you might recognize a little bit of yourself in my story and how I was thinking about things. When they say that kids can get into trouble around water in an instant, it literally can happen in an instant. And even if you think it can't happen to you, which to be honest, and I'm not super proud of this, is kind of where I was at. I was a little bit naive to the actual risks. But if you feel like, oh, it couldn't happen to my child, I'm so good at watching my child, or my child's always in a floaty, trust me, you want to listen to my story. Okay, so a little relevant context is that I grew up on swim team. I am a very proficient swimmer. I was a lifeguard all through college and beyond. And then I became a certified water safety instructor and taught swim lessons for years. If anyone knew the risks around water, it was me. I was a trained water professional for years. And also relevant context is that my son, who had the near drowning incident, had been taking swimming lessons at Goldfish Swim School since he was four months old. So this is not a kid who hadn't been around water. So now let me take you back to the actual story. So it was August of 2020. We're in the middle of the pandemic. I was about two months pregnant with my daughter, and I was very sick and nauseous. 
and we had just very unexpectedly lost our sweet German Shepherd River literally two weeks before my son fell in the pool. So I was not in the best headspace. I was physically sick. I was wrapping my head around losing my dog. And it was the middle of a global pandemic. I was homeschooling my kindergartner. I was trying to find something to entertain my just turned three-year-old while I homeschooled said kindergartner. And you all know you were there. It was challenging. So this particular afternoon in August, we decided we were going to go to the pool. And so it was me my five-year-old and my just-turned-three-year-old and my mom. So two adults, two kids, should have been a piece of cake. We got to the pool and my neighbor and her two sons were there and it was otherwise empty. So not crowded, not lots of distractions, just a nice quiet afternoon at our neighborhood pool. Now, as a former lifeguard and swim instructor, I knew that putting kids in floaties was not ideal. And I'll talk more in a minute about why that's the case. But given everything I just shared with you, I was mentally and emotionally in a place where I needed as many easy buttons as I could get. And so I put my three-year-old in a puddle jumper and I said, we'll deal with teaching him to swim for real next summer. Thankfully, my five-year-old by this time was already a proficient swimmer. So we got in the water and we had fun. And I was in the water with my three-year-old the whole time and we were having fun. And then toward the end of the pool trip, I got out to dry off. My three-year-old came with me. He said, mommy, can I take off my puddle jumper? And he was drinking a smoothie next to me on the towel. I said, sure, we're going to go in a minute. So that's totally fine. No part of me thought even for a second that he would go anywhere near the pool. We were ready to go home. So he's drinking his smoothie next to me on the pool deck. My mom, my older son, and my neighbor's sons were in the pool swimming. So four people were in the pool and my neighbor and I and my three-year-old were sitting on the pool deck. Or so I thought. I had looked down at my phone long enough to text my husband, what do you want to do for dinner? Because again, my nauseous pregnant self could not even think about food and I wanted help figuring it out. So I texted my husband, which took all of five seconds. And the next thing I know, my neighbor, who I had been kind of chatting on and off with, looks up and says, oh my God, is Nate in the pool? My first thought was, there's no way he could be in the pool. He's literally right next to me. But I looked up and there was my son in active drowning position, which if you don't know, is head up and back trying to get air and arms pushing the water down, trying to get out of the water. He was more than halfway to the deep end, y'all, and we had been sitting in front of the shallow end. So in the span of about 15 seconds total, for very understandable reasons of looking away, my son went from sitting next to me to in the pool in active drowning position. And as any parent would do, I immediately dove into the water and pulled him out. He was thankfully never submerged. And so physically, he was just fine. We did call 911 and subsequently took him to the children's ER just to be safe. But the doctors there said that since he was never submerged, he was just fine. And we went home with a clean bill of health. But emotionally, he and I were both traumatized by this event, and as was everyone else that was there at the pool in that moment. I am so incredibly grateful for my neighbor looking up when she did, and I have a really hard time even thinking about what could have happened if she hadn't. The wild part about all of this is that nobody, not me, not my neighbor, not my mom or my son or my neighbor's kids who were in the pool at the time, heard or saw him go in. It was completely silent, much like I had been trained it would be in my lifeguarding days. There's no splashing, no yelling for help. A person in active drowning position cannot do those things. 
And actually, my son, who's now six years old, said to me just a couple weeks ago out of the blue, he said, Mommy, I'm really grateful that you pulled me out of the pool that day. And I said, oh, buddy, you're welcome. I am so glad I could get to you and pull you out. And then I asked him, I said, were you scared when this was happening? Did you know I was coming for you or were you just too scared to even be aware of that? And he said something that really is chilling to me to think about even now. He said, mommy, honestly, I thought it was the end for me. Now I know that's hard to hear. I know that story is probably really anxiety producing if you're a parent of a child who's not yet a proficient swimmer. And that is not why I want to share this. I, of course, never want to make you feel anxious or scared or disempowered. I share this story because I always promised myself that if I ever have a platform, I will share about this to increase awareness and empower other parents to keep their kids safe. And because I wish that I had heard a story like this and the five tips that I'm about to share with you before this incident happened so that I could have protected my child from having this happen. And of course, I am so grateful every single day that it turned out the way that it did. So this story, understandably, really changed the way I see water safety and how passionately I feel about empowering parents to do the right things to keep their kids safe in the water. So my first tip to keep your child safe in the water this summer is to consider enrolling your child in something called Infant Swimming Resource, or ISR. ISR is the program that we ended up doing for my then three-year-old, and then when my daughter was old enough to take it, starting at six months, we enrolled her as well. And now I'm proud to say that at two years old, she is a completely proficient swimmer. She can roll to her back and float if she falls in. She can swim to the wall, and she absolutely loves to swim. She's an absolute fish. I wish I had known about ISR with all of my kids. I wish I had known about it before my middle child fell into the pool. It is an amazing, amazing program that actually teaches kids how to stay safe in the water. It is the closest thing you can do to drown-proofing your child. Of course, that's impossible, but it's the closest you can come. Now, ISR is relatively expensive. It's usually about $150 to $200 a week, depending on where you live. And it's every day, Monday through Friday for six weeks. The lessons are 10 minutes. So it's only 10 minutes, but depending on where you have to drive to, it's a pretty big commitment. And I know that's harder for working parents than it is for parents who are more flexible with their schedules. Now, ISR does offer scholarships. So if finances are a barrier, that's definitely something to inquire about. And I'll put the link to the ISR website in the show notes so you can go and find an ISR instructor near you. They're usually very willing to answer your questions and help you feel comfortable with the process. But in terms of the scheduling, I know it can be challenging to get your child to a lesson that occurs Monday through Friday every day for six weeks. That being said, if you can make it happen, I cannot encourage it strongly enough. Here's the thing you need to understand. Regular swim lessons, like we were taking at Goldfish or Aquatots or any of these many swim schools, are wonderful for getting your child exposure to the water and getting comfortable in and around water, but they are not focused on survival. And as you can hear from my story, even after years of weekly lessons, It didn't keep my child safe when he needed it. Even the kinds of swim lessons that I used to teach that I loved teaching kids would not have kept a child safe in and around water. They are not survival-based. 
And so if you are spending time and money to take your child to weekly swim lessons, my strong encouragement is to take that time and money and focus that into six weeks of ISR. Now, I know that's not possible for everyone, but I have to plug this program because it is the only program that actually teaches kids how to rescue themselves if they do accidentally fall into a pool. They even have kids practice in summer and winter clothes. So in order to finish the program, you actually have to have your child fall into water wearing a winter coat and they have to rescue themselves. By this time, they've practiced it a gazillion times and they're quite proficient. And so both of my kids did that, no problems. And so I know that might sound scary, but I promise you it's not. It's not scary for the kids. It's not scary for you to watch as a parent because by the time they do that, they are very proficient. ISR starts very small. They are focused on safety the entire time. There is no such thing as anyone throwing your baby in the water. That's not a thing. I say that because that's what I had heard about infant survival swimming. I actually literally thought they were going to throw my baby in the water. Nobody does anything like that. It is a very gentle and safe program. Now, sometimes kids will cry. My son, despite his traumatic experience, never cried at ISR. But my daughter, starting at six months old, yeah, she cried. She was a baby. She didn't like the fact that I handed her over to somebody who was a stranger to her. And so it was a new and uncomfortable experience at first. Of course she cried. But even my daughter stopped crying once she figured out that, oh, this is fun and this lady's really nice. And honestly, now, like I said, she is a fish. She loves swimming and she talks all the time about going to swim with Miss Callie, her ISR teacher. So if you can make this investment, both time and money, and again, there are scholarships, that is my number one recommendation. It's geared for kids six months through age five. So if you have a young child, definitely check out ISR. Again, that link will be in the show notes and I have no affiliation financially with them. I just feel so strongly about this program and how awesome it is. And I wish I had known. So now you do. Okay. So my second tip for keeping your child safe in the water this summer is to teach your child to sit down about three feet away from the edge of any body of water and wait for a grown-up. And I don't just mean wait until they see a grown-up entering the water. I mean wait to be explicitly invited into the water by a grown-up who is responsible for keeping them safe. And we want to teach our kids that we do this literally every single time that we get into the water. Even if we've gotten out for a snack break or a bathroom break and we're coming back into the water, we always stop and sit down and wait for a grown-up. My oldest son took swimming lessons in Virginia before we moved to North Carolina, and the swim school there taught a little song that went like this. Wait for a grown-up to get in the water, get in the water, get in the water. Wait for a grown-up to get in the water. That's our safety rule. So this is something I taught my son immediately after this event happened, and we still use this song to teach our kids that we wait for a grown-up before we get into the water. This is one of the best things you can do, is to teach your child that until there's a grown-up explicitly inviting them in and saying, okay, I can be responsible for you now, they don't get in. We want our kids to have a healthy fear of water because water can be dangerous. And we need them to know that even if they've been to some swim lessons where they splash around and have fun, even if they feel comfortable and safe around water, they shouldn't get in without a grown-up who's explicitly ready to watch them. Okay, my third safety tip is probably going to ruffle some feathers, so I'm just going to put it out there. 
avoid using flotation devices for your child. Yes, this even includes puddle jumpers. And I know exactly how hard this is. And like I said, I was using a puddle jumper with my son that summer because self-care, right? But the problem with flotation devices is that they give our children a false sense of security in the water. My son was perfectly capable of swimming around the pool in his puddle jumper. And so when he went in the pool, no part of him thought that he was not going to be able to swim. Flotation devices also give us as parents a false sense of security with our kids in the water. And I know it is a lot to be in the water with a toddler or a baby who does not have a flotation device. I get it. I really, really do. But to the extent possible, I highly recommend that you go without and let your child learn to feel what their body feels like in the water. Maybe they need to stay on the steps until they've gotten into ISR, but it is so important that they don't develop that false sense of security. My fourth tip for helping keep your child safe in and around water is to have somebody be explicitly responsible for watching your child in the water and around the water at all times. Now, as my story illustrates, this is not a passive role, right? We have to be actively lifeguarding our children. As a lifeguard, we were taught to constantly scan the pool. You move your eyes all the way across the pool to the left, and then you move all the way across the pool to the right in your zone of responsibility. You are constantly scanning the water to make sure everyone is safe. Well, we really need to be doing this with our kids too. Now, if you have a young child and you're in the water holding them, then that's fine. You're in the water, you're holding them, you know that they're safe. But even if you are sitting on the steps with your young child, I have literally had my kids dive off the steps and need me to grab them. So in other words, even if you're right there, if you are not actively holding your child, you need to be actively watching your child. Now, this is tiring work because, again, you are constantly focusing on your child. You're not having a conversation with somebody else. You're not texting your husband about dinner, right, to poke fun at myself. But you're not doing those other things because we cannot be fully focused on our kids if we are also doing these other things. And so it can be really helpful to take turns with somebody else. So if you're at the pool with another parent, the two of you could take turns watching each other's kids, or you and your partner could take turns if you have that available to you. And then of course, if you're at a pool with lifeguards, that takes some of the stress off of you, but I would still be watching my child. Because again, when we say it can happen in an instant, it really can happen in an instant that our kids get into trouble in or around water. And my last tip to keep your child safe in and around water this summer is to always check the water first if you can't find your child. And again, I don't say that to scare you, but time is critical when it comes to water safety. Like in the story with my son, if I had gotten to him even a few seconds later, he might have been submerged, which means he could have swallowed water. Every second counts. And so if you're missing your child, don't check the bathrooms first. Don't check the pool deck first. Always check the water first and rule that out. Okay, so I know this is not the most fun topic to think about, but it is so, so important. Drowning is still the leading cause of death for children ages one to four. And so we really, especially with our little kids, need to be cognizant of the risks and also of how to keep our kids safe. 
Spending time in and around water in the summer can be a wonderful thing and a wonderful thing to enjoy with your child. It's just really important that as you do that, you're aware of how to ensure your child's safety to the best of your ability. So I hope this episode has helped you to do that. Again, I will put the information for ISR in the show notes, and I wish you a wonderful summer full of fun and safe water adventures. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we've got this. I so appreciate you listening and being here. It really means the world to me. And if you are enjoying this podcast, leave a review and share with someone who could use this message. I really and truly believe that this is how we change the world. We spread the word about raising resilient kids, about being cycle breakers. So share this podcast, leave a review, and let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Until next time, we've got this.